Hmm. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in. Thank you once again so much for joining me today for my next edition of Facebook Live. And so if you've been following me here on Facebook, you know that I like to offer uh, roughly four or five weeks of Facebook Live sessions as a way of building momentum up to uh, online retreat programs that I'm offering. And today is no different. Uh, this is week two of uh, four weeks leading up to an online meditation program, which I will speak about briefly before we get into the topic of the day. And so the program that I'm referring to is entitled Heartfelt Awareness, A Fearless Embrace of Life. This is a 12-week online meditation program, and we'll be meeting once a week on Saturdays from uh, 9 to 11.30 a.m. East Coast time. 9 to 11.30 a.m. East Coast time on Saturdays, beginning, I want to say beginning April 8th. Yes, April 8th, and we run to July 1st, and there's not going to be a class on May 20th. There, there's a break in the middle. So we'll meet, be meeting for about two and a half hours every Saturday. There will be a break, of course, in the middle. And just to talk a little bit about the format of that program, uh, everything is offered over Zoom. And so the sessions themselves are recorded. And I'm going to be there live. I'll be there live with all of the students. I call them like uh, learning pods, if you will. And there, the size class is limited to about 15 to 20 people. Um, and for this particular course, it's just one section. So you might want to sign up ahead of time. And so, again, as I mentioned, I'm there live. Nothing about this course is pre-recorded. And I do that intentionally. I don't think I would offer a course like this pre-recorded um, because I, I like to speak to what's arising with the participants in the room, in the course. So I, I do have a sort of an outline of the topics that I would like to cover in the course, but then everything is, is very open and there's a lot of breathing room around that so that we can tailor make the course to the participants. So if you don't feel like you could commit to making every Saturday for 12 weeks, I totally get that. That's understandable. Uh, they are recorded and made available only to the retreat participants. And this is so that we can create a container of safety in the Zoom room so that we all feel comfortable sharing what's coming up for us as a result of these sometimes very deep and sensitive practices. So in that note, I'd like to mention that this upcoming course on heartfelt awareness and everything that I offer, I really intend to offer within a trauma-informed environment. I've done quite a bit of study. I've been certified twice through Dr. David Trelevin on trauma-sensitive mindfulness. Also done quite a bit of study with Gabor Mate and Peter Levine, both extraordinary trauma healers. And so I do feel quite confident in navigating a nervous system that might be holding trauma with the tools that we'll be 
investigating throughout the course. Just one more note around that. Um, in addition to being trauma-informed, I also like to offer everything that I offer within a secular framework. So although my training is quite deep in the Buddhist traditions, both the earlier schools and the later schools of Buddhism, when I teach, I teach without any uh, religious inflection. Although, of course, I'll be drawing from my comfort zone the teachings of the Buddha, I try to bring those teachings to life for people from all walks of life. Any belief, any background, no belief, no, no particular religious affiliation, that's all fine. Everybody's welcome. So again, that meets on Saturdays from 9 to 11.30 a.m. And I uh, hope to see you there. So I'm just taking my notes down around that and bringing up something else here. So I want to talk today about mindfulness or heartfelt awareness, if you will, of hedonic tones, or as traditionally translated as feeling tones. And this is referring to the actual experience of life itself, the actual flavor that arises in every moment of contact with our experience. And this is not optional, right? As a result of having a human body, a human mind, a human nervous system, uh, we're in constant contact with our environment whether that's through sight or sound or taste or touch or smell or thought. Right? So in, in the traditions, there, there are six sense doors, not five. So thought is considered a sense door in the Buddhist tradition where these teachings come from. And that's how I'll be presenting uh, mindfulness of feeling tones or you know, I, I think it's more accurate to translate uh, Vedanas, the Sanskrit term, the Pali term, and that's probably more accurately translated as hedonic tone. But literally, it does translate to feelings. And of course, feelings is this kind of a loaded word in the West, or probably worldwide nowadays. Where we think of feelings, we think of sadness or anger or happiness or you know, complex emotions. That's not what we're referring to here. This is the actual contact of life itself, like that. And that contact automatically carries with it a flavor, a feeling tone, a hedonic tone. So that's not optional, right? We can't choose to uh, we can't choose the feeling tone. We can't alter that in any way. This is like uh, water for a fish, right? The fish can't change the texture of the water, right? And just that same way, we can't change the feeling tone of life, of contact. But we can learn to interpret the feeling tone in different ways. And that's where the practice becomes quite important. Because generally, without a practice of heartfelt awareness or mindfulness, when we encounter a pleasant contact, we are typically attracted to that. We want more of that. 
how that feels good, that tastes good, that thought resonates in a pleasant way. Let's have more of that. Let's follow that thought. Right. Likewise, if we have an unpleasant feeling tone or hedonic tone as a result of some type of contact, an unpleasant thought, uh, a hammer drops on the toe, <laughs> we see, we witness something that's unpleasant, we tend to f interpret that with aversion. Right? And this is habitual. We don't have really, without a practice, there's just not much choice around that. And there's a third feeling tone, which is most accurately translated as neither pleasant nor unpleasant, but I think most commonly translated as neutral. And we tend to interpret neutral feeling tone with a type of indifference. Right? And you know this in your experience if you look around your environment right now and notice all of the things you you never looked at before or never noticed before. Right? That's a type of neutral. There's a neutral, a neutrality there. It doesn't really land in the nervous system as being either pleasant or unpleasant. So I want to back up a little bit here and talk about these feeling tones themselves before I get into the chain reaction that leads to our suffering. So we have pleasant, unpleasant, and neither pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, right? And very often when people are introduced to this teaching, they think, well, my experience is either pleasant or neutral or unpleasant, and I have to kind of figure out if what I'm feeling right now is pleasant or neutral or unpleasant. Right? And it becomes a cognitive exercise. That's not helpful for this practice. It just leads to more confusion, usually. So we don't need to think about what the feeling tone is. It's just how the present moment lands. It's that immediate point of contact. And that pleasant to neutral to unpleasant is a spectrum, right? It's not like we have three baskets that we need to conform our experience into being in order to engage in this practice. But recognizing that our, our experience is fluid and changing and can be somewhere in between pleasant and neutral and unpleasant and there's all kinds of colors in between pleasant, neutral and unpleasant. And on that same note, the what we're experiencing now is perhaps pleasant might change to neutral or unpleasant. And likewise, what I'm experiencing now is neutral very often neutral shifts. If I pay attention to something that's neutral, very often it becomes pleasant or unpleasant. So one of the great insights that comes from practicing with feeling tones, with hedonic tones, is impermanence. Because we see how fluid and ever-changing this field of Vedana of feeling tones or hedonic tones can be often very much is. So we have contact which brings up feeling tone, or we have contact which arrives on the nervous system 
with a feeling tone. We then automatically and habitually, without a practice, interpret that with either attraction, aversion, or indifference from pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, respectively. And that interpretation leads to a reaction, a reactive emotion. If I interpreted the pleasant feeling tone with attraction, which is very common, that will very much, or very often rather, lead to a type of craving or desire or longing. I want to have more of that need to have that extra chocolate bar, want to have that second scoop of ice cream, want to have the next cigarette, the next drink, whatever it is. When we have the unpleasant feeling tone, which we interpret with aversion habitually, that might lead to some form of uh, pushing away. Don't want that. Can't have this in my life. You know, anger, and so forth comes from the reactive feeling tone of aversion or from aversion. And with the uh, neutral feeling tone, if we interpret that with a type of indifference or might lead to a kind of numbness, shutting down, dissociation, like that. And so here we start to see you know, the, the chain and how it unfolds, right? And I'll continue on that. We, we then have the contact. Maybe I have a thought about a chocolate bar, which gives a pleasant feeling tone. I now feel an attraction towards Almond Joy, which I really like. And then I'm bringing that to fruition. Suddenly I'm at the 7-Eleven. I'm buying two or three Almond Joy chocolate bars and so forth. Likewise, if I have a, a thought um, about how last week my cats uh, scratched up my hand, that leads to aversion. I start to, you know, re in, react to that aversion, to that aversion in the mind. I start to react to that by not wanting to play with my cat, and I bring that into fruition by spending time alone rather than enjoying the time with my beloved pet. You know, the neutral feeling tone, it's almost hard to notice because we ignore it, right? We don't, we're ignorant to what's neutral, right? So the, we might have meandering thoughts or we might be wandering around and yeah, we don't notice the space in the room, right? Wow, I'm in this big, large room. I don't ever look at the space, right? Because it's so neutral. Right? So I interpret that with kind of a numbness. I'm, I'm kind of numb to the space around me, to the spaciousness of the room. And I might bring that into fruition or inter bring that into fruition by checking out, dissociating, when in fact the space of the room can be an anchor for present moment awareness. Right? And all of this leads to becoming because it's habitual, right? If we follow the, the contact of the chocolate bar, the thought of the chocolate bar, all the way down to becoming, I become the person who has a chocolate bar every day at 5 p.m., right? If we 
follow the unpleasant feeling tone, I become the person who doesn't like cats, even though I have a cat who I really love. Right? And the neutral feeling tone is really quite interesting because when that's brought into fruition, it gives rise to prejudice and racism, discrimination, all kinds of suffering arises when we don't pay attention to what we overlook. When we don't pay attention to what we overlook. There's a, a really touching story of a person whose name I'm going to forget and she was in Amsterdam during the Nazi occupation and uh, was unfortunately taken away on a bus to a prison camp and they found a note that she had written as she was being captured it was dropped on the ground and it said if you knew us you couldn't kill us if you knew us, you couldn't kill us. Because it's that ignoring of the humanity that allows that type of violence towards another to happen. And that ignoring arises from neutral feeling tone. We ignore the neutralness. We don't investigate that humanity, but we just interpret that neutralness with indifference, which gives rise to that type of racism and prejudice. So some teachers really shirk off the idea of neutral. I, I, I think that's a mistake, personally. I think it's very, very important uh, to really pay attention to what arises as neutral in your environment. Because as soon as you do pay attention to that, it does quite often shift. Things don't generally stay neutral for very long if we're paying attention to them. So just to talk through the map again, and then maybe we'll do a little bit of meditating around that. So we have contact, which automatically carries with it a feeling tone. Again, that's not optional. We can't train in changing that feeling tone. It's just how life arises. Our experience of life arises as somewhere on the spectrum between pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. We then habitually interpret that feeling tone with attraction, aversion, or indifference. And I say habitually because that's how we do it without a practice. When we start meditating on our hedonic experience, we develop a type of sensitivity so that we step out of that habit. Just because I had a pleasant thought doesn't mean I have to move into attraction. I can investigate that. I can become curious about it. What is it that's pleasant about that chocolate? Right? It gives us a pause, a way to say, hey, wait a minute. I don't need to do that right now. So that, you know, Contact, pleasant, attraction, which habitually leads to craving, which we habitually bring to fruition through expression, desire, running after what it is we want, pushing against what we don't want, which leads to suffering. Again, these practices give us an option around that. We start to step out of that type of suffering. 
and inhabit the present moment with a type of newfound freedom and gusto and joy. Okay, so let's do a little bit of meditation here. And very traditionally, uh, teachers offer Vedana practices, a kind of body scanning. I often do that as well when I teach. And we'll do a little bit. Uh, you know, I've talked for about 20 minutes, so we might meditate here for another 20 minutes or so. And um, yeah, we'll connect to the body and just notice, you know, if I bring awareness to the feet, does that give rise to pleasant, neutral, or unpleasant feeling tones? And, you know, if you're not feeling anything at the feet, that's probably neutral. Unless you desire to feel something at the feet and that's thwarted, that might be unpleasant. Or maybe your feet were hurting yesterday and now they're numb. So that might give rise to a pleasant feeling tone. That relief, right? So it's very fluid and not a lot of thinking has to happen. We're just exploring how the contact of the present moment lands. So it doesn't require any cognition. We don't need to be, oh, is that neutral? Is that pleasant? Is that unpleasant? If you start in engaging in that way, it's probably neutral. Right, because pleasant will have a definite pull and unpleasant has a definite push. Right. Okay, so I'll ring the bell and I'll just do a little bit of guiding, um, maybe for about 15 minutes or so. Enjoy. And so the invitation here is to simply arrive into this present moment. And there are many ways of arriving and connecting to the present moment. And for this practice, I think we can start with the experience of the body. And so the invitation then is just to notice how the body feels right now in this current posture. If you're seated like I am, you might offer yourself a phrase like sitting. And I know that I'm sitting. As a way of connecting to the felt experience of the present moment. And noticing if the posture feels pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. And while we're here resting and connecting to the felt experience, the invitation then is to bring awareness to the feet. And as we bring our heartfelt awareness to the feet, inquiring, do the feet feel pleasant or neutral or unpleasant?
We might then bring our heartfelt awareness to the legs. Perhaps noticing sensations of clothing against the surface of the skin or there might be a type of coolness or warmth or tingling or pulsating. Do the legs feel pleasant or unpleasant or neutral? Perhaps noticing too the weight of the body against the cushion or chair or mat. We might notice that sense of being held and supported by the seating apparatus, whatever we're seated on, which could be pleasant, that feeling of being supported by the earth. Or it might feel neutral or unpleasant. There's no wrong or right feeling tone. We're simply exploring whatever's arising for us in this moment, right now. We could bring our heartfelt awareness then to the hands and the arms. Perhaps noticing the hands resting against the body or touching each other. The arms resting against the body. And when we bring heartfelt awareness to the hands and the arms, does that give rise to pleasant or unpleasant or neutral? Remembering here that our hedonic experience can be anywhere in between pleasant or neutral or unpleasant. Just noticing whatever's arising for us. And then in the next breath or two, if it feels good to do so, bringing our heartfelt awareness to the rising and falling of the abdomen. Does that motion of in-breath and out-breath give rise to pleasant or unpleasant or neutral? Perhaps noticing too the expanding and contracting of the rib cage with each breath. Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Whatever's there. And then in the next breath or two, we might bring our heartfelt awareness to the shoulders. Do the shoulders land as pleasant or neutral or unpleasant or anywhere in between that? Perhaps noticing the fluid changing nature of our hedonic experience. 
not trying to shape or form our experience into being anything at all. It's simply noting whatever's arising. We might then bring this heartfelt awareness to the face. Do the sensations at the face land as pleasant or unpleasant or neutral? Resting, resting. And so while we're here resting with this present moment experience, the invitation here is to bring into the foreground an unpleasant feeling tone. Maybe a bit of irritation or an itch or an ache in the body, but not something overwhelmingly unpleasant maybe on the scale of one to 10, about a two or a three. And gently holding the unpleasant feeling tone lightly in awareness. We could begin to explore, hmm, how is it that I relate to what's unpleasant? Do I automatically, habitually push it away? Do I move into aversive thoughts, cursing the unpleasant? Does the body tense up around the unpleasant? These are all very normal, ways of reacting. But in the silence of meditation, we can begin to explore. Can I meet the unpleasant feeling tone with kindness? With compassion, with warmth? Perhaps recognizing that all human beings and in fact, all beings experience unpleasantness from time to time, which opens the door to compassion. Perhaps softening around the unpleasantness. And then in the next breath or two, we could just politely move the unpleasant feeling tone into the background of awareness. And taking some moments here to notice the breath, noticing the feet against the carpet, ground or floor. the weight of the body against the chair or cushion. 
Sensations arising from the hands, the shoulders, the top of the head. Resting, resting. So while we're here resting with this present moment experience, the invitation here then is to bring into awareness a neutral feeling tone. And again, very often the neutral feeling tones can be found in those areas of the body we often ignore or overlook. The tips of the fingers, perhaps, or the, for me, it's the inside of the lip, in between the lip and the teeth. Perhaps the top of the head feels very neutral. And holding the neutral feeling tone lightly in awareness in the foreground we could begin to explore. How is it that I relate to what's neutral? It's quite common for the mind to just start thinking about other things when holding neutral in awareness. Or you might get bored or sleepy or dull-minded. And again, this isn't wrong, it's quite normal if that's happening. And we might begin to explore other possibilities here, like is it possible to relate to neutral as a place of rest? As a an opportunity to recharge, cultivating resilience and strength. Or perhaps it's an opportunity for the neutral to become pleasant, enriching our experience of the present moment. Resting, resting. And so in the next breath or two, we can politely invite the neutral feeling tone to move into the background of awareness. And taking some moments here to notice the breath. Contact of the feet against the floor, the ground. The weight of the body against the cushion or chair. 
sensations arising from the hands, the shoulders, the top of the head. Resting, resting. And so while we're here resting in this present moment experience, the invitation here then is to bring into the foreground a pleasant feeling tone. And very often the pleasant feeling tones can be found in the relaxed, easeful areas of the body perhaps the palms of the hands or the arms, the legs. And if you're finding it challenging to notice a pleasant feeling tone, you might simply offer yourself a smile. Very often smiling, even if it's contrived or forced, can bring forth a, a flood of endorphins, serotonin into the body, the mind, the heart, which can naturally bring forth a pleasantness. And we can begin here to explore. How is it that I relate to what's pleasant in life? Do I automatically habitually move into craving? Mm, I want more of that. I didn't know if I smiled, I would feel good. Let's try that all the time. Or perhaps we move into a kind of aversion around what's pleasant, recognizing that it can't last forever. So a type of fear or craving can arrive. And again, these aren't wrong or right. It's just quite common. And in the silence of meditation, we can begin here to explore, can I relate to the pleasant feeling tone with a type of relaxation, enjoying the pleasant and recognizing that it will pass that gives space for other experiences to arrive. Non-attachment to what's pleasant actually brings forth more joy. When we cling to the pleasant, it suffocates it. 
snuffs it out, inhibits it. By resting with the pleasant feeling tone, we free it to fill us, nourish us. So in the next few breaths, we'll begin to shift away from the guided meditation and back into a conversational space. And I'll cue that by ringing the bell three times. So thank you for that, joining me in that guided meditation. And I think we'll bring uh, the festivities here to a close. So if you enjoyed that practice uh, and you'd like to explore more uh, practices like that, I do have several uh, practices around uh, Vedana, Feeling Tones, or Hedonic Tones on my podcast. Those are all for free. And if you go to podcasts, either Apple or Spotify, and um, put Such Sweet Thunder Meditation Program, uh, all of my podcasts come up there. And uh, just scroll through until you find something that says Feeling Tones or Vedana. But I'd really like to invite you to sign up for the course. Um, again, it's going to be a 12-week deep dive into bringing heartfelt awareness to all aspects of the present moment, the body, feeling tones that we explored today, also the activities of the mind, the moods of the mind, the thoughts, the attitudes, and then the structures, the mental formations uh, beliefs and ideologies and so forth will be bringing heartfelt awareness to all of that as a way of um, stepping out of habitual reactivity and as a way of bringing heartfelt connection to life itself. So for more information about the program you can go to my website uh, it's the same as the podcast suchsweetthunder.org SuchSweetThunder.com takes you to a really great Duke Ellington record. <laughs> but it's not me. And if you're looking for me, uh, you want to go to SuchSweetThunder.org. <clears throat> so that's all I've got for today. And I'll ring the bell to close us out. Hope you all have a beautiful week. Thank you.